Welcome back to the Movie Bubble Podcast. This week, you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Nick as we break down the opening weekend for Toy Story 4, Child's Play, and Anna. And as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. Breaking down this week's top five, um, in the number one spot, no surprise there, is Toy Story with $118 million. Domestically, number two is Child's Play, opening up just a little over $14 million domestic, and then followed by Aladdin in the number three spot. Uh, still in the number three spot, actually, from last week, a little over $12.2 million. Men in Black International has dropped down to the number four spot with $10.75 million. And The Secret Life of Pets 2 rounds up the top five with $10.29 million. Um, so Toy Story taking the first spot isn't that surprising. Um, we kind of guessed it last week. It opened at $118 million, which is roughly $8 million more than Toy Story 3. So, you know... It's a, a franchise record. You know, it isn't jumping as far ahead performance-wise as you would notice between, like, Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2, or even Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. And I think part of that is, you know, this franchise is popular, but it's, you know, it's it, it ended. And I think a lot of audiences had that conclusion, so there isn't necessarily a draw to bring, you know, just a whole lot of new people in. But, I mean, it's still opening successfully. Um, it, it's another win for Pixar. I fully expect this to be a billion-dollar movie by the end of its run. Yeah, it's. I, I actually would have expected it to do a little more as well. It's just, I don't know, you just figure it's a big it's Toy Story. It's a big deal, you know. But it's, I mean, it's like, it's $118 million. Like, if we're like, oh, this is so terrible. Like, what, like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, it's like it did perfectly fine. Um, its budget's around... 200 million which kind of makes sense because this movie is gorgeously animated like these movies i mean pixar in general they just get better and better with every movie but i just think toy story 4 is just like beautiful to look at and all the lighting in it is really incredible but so it's made about 238 million worldwide so far which i mean it would seem kind of concerning on its surface but it still has to roll out to a bunch of foreign uh foreign markets it's supposed to open in the uk and china and brazil and korea which are that like they're like it's it's doing okay there i mean it's i mean it's it's doing it's just doing fine it's chugging along i i really expect this movie to kind of just stay in theaters for a while it's really beautiful and we can get and talk about the movie itself if we want but this movie is just really beautiful and it's really heartwarming and nice and i just it seems like this one would reward repeat viewings and just going back and seeing it multiple times. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's doing really well. Like you can't deny it's two hundred thirty eight million. It's it's doing fine. It'll be okay. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. So if you look at the opening weekends, each Toy Story has typically doubled the gross of the previous film's opening weekend. So, like, the first one opened up at just a little over $29 million domestic, and then uh, Toy Story 2 was just a little bit over $57 million. Toy Story 3 was at about $110 million. So to see this movie um, nine years later and in about 500 more theaters only open up with $8 million more, um, I think kind of indicates that this franchise is slowing down. It's certainly not, you know, losing or bombing or anything like that, but it's it's kind of lost a lot of its momentum. Um yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like we we've talked about this a lot, but I mean, three was Toy Story three was tremendous. It probably hit me at the right time when I was growing up for that type of ending, and it was it was really beautiful, and everyone cried. And so they're like, all right, Toy Story's done. It's perfect, and. Then they announced Toy Story 4 was coming around, and this came along with announcements for Incredibles 2. So everyone just kind of... It didn't... Personally, that didn't seem right to me. It just it sounded like Pixar kind of trying to capitalize on its IP. Um, it just rang wrong, especially when 3 ends. Like, it just... It didn't really feel like there was a necessary... Like, there wasn't a need for a fourth movie. Uh, and I wonder if that kind of stuck kept people away from the theaters a little bit um because it's just like you talked to a lot of people and most of them were saying like we're really nervous about why were they making a fourth one uh it's just everyone likes toy story 3 i wonder if that's like one of the high like most highly praised movies like i have never talked to anybody who doesn't like that movie um so i wonder i mean it got absurdly good reviews and it's one of my favorite movies of the year it's great so i'm wondering if they need to get that kind of word of mouth play in there to see uh to see people in there I, i'm i would i would expect that this movie drops sub 40 percent next week uh just with people seeing it and getting over that um anxiety and or seeing it again uh, i this movie is just going to be in theaters for a really long time yeah i agree and you know i i think kind of along the lines of what you were saying yeah toy story 3 was the perfect ending and i was I knew there was really only one way they could take the story if, if it was to actually mean anything. And I think they did. And I think Toy Story 4 hits its emotional beats really well. Um, something that just bothers me, and it bothered me a lot with uh, Finding Dory as well, is in the movie they just, they really seem to push like the limits of like the, the world they've built and the fact that, you know, toys are alive, but nobody knows it. And there's just a lot of, you know, like in uh, Finding Dory, they, they uh, fish drive a car. And they pretty much do that again. And it's, I enjoyed it, but it, there were parts of it that really bothered me and parts of it that really lost me. I could see that. It's It definitely is stretching the boundaries of what uh, toys can do. But uh, I feel like personally, it's just I was just in at that point. And by the time weird stuff starts happening, it's like we're the work. You're kind of already in on the, like the story and where it's going uh, personally. But yeah, that's those are totally those are totally understandable remarks to make there but uh, i'm just really shocked by uh just just how like relevant or not relevant it's just how just nice and like this kind of puts a bow on i mean we you can talk about spoilers but this kind of puts a bow on like the the woody character and it's really interesting to see how because toy story basically changed animated movies for forever and so it's kind of this crazy arc that we've been on for how many ever so years whenever the first toy story came out but it does even though like we had closure with the last movie i think they did a really good job of making it feel like there was there was more closure to be had um with woody woody kind of talking and like a it's he's kind of like a parent and like they have a, he's that talk with forky where they're saying you say you see these kids grow up and then they leave you and they do all these things that you'll never see. And it's like me in the theater. I'm like, Oh no, the tears are, the tears are starting early. This is one of those Pixar movies where you cry the whole time. Um, so I think, I think there was a lot of really mature themes that they really talked about in this movie. Uh, it's just, it's really beautiful. I really, I was really happy. And it, it seemed like every crowd felt that way. Cause I got an A cinema score, which is just really great. Um, I, it's just, 
it's it's really interesting this journey we've been on with with these toys yeah and i i really like how they separated the gang for most of the movie um so this is like this is very much woody's movie um you know and yeah these are all kind of woody's movies but this one is like very much his movie um you don't even Mm -hmm. you know buzz doesn't really have a ton to do even um and he's pretty much the second lead but because they were able to take that time it it does kind of wrap things up nicely and give a nice progression and ending to woody which was unexpected but also really nice to see yeah and another thing because because forky is just i thought was unbelievable (laughs) in this movie just just the I was crying, laughing from all the tr- the trash bits that he had. I thought that w- that was one of the best bits of comedy like this franchise has had. It was, it was just fucking hilarious. And one one thing to note about the profitability about profitability of this movie is toy sales, because uh, I've seen there's Forky <laughs> there's Forky like action <laughs> figures or dolls like being sold for like seventeen dollars in stores or whatever, and it's like. It's just a spork with pipe cleaners. Like you could just make it at home. Uh, it's it's kind of the same thing with with the with the Cars franchise, where they just kept making Cars movies because the uh, the the dolls and all the action figures are crazy po- are popular. Like when I was review- when I went- when I was reviewing Cars three when it came out what in like 2017, they I f- I uncovered that it's just it's the second highest. Uh, it's the second most profitable line of toys behind Star Wars, the Cars franchise, which is just like crazy. So that's also like these are literally toys and they're going to it's going to be a boost in selling that. It's going to be a bunch of annoyed parents that they have to buy a ton, a ton of Toy Story kids for uh, Toy Story uh, dolls for their kids. It's just uh, that's a big part of this business. And it kind of makes sense because we've seen Pixar kind of go well towards a lot of sequels recently uh they're like everything else in hollywood they're really banging off that ip and really working with that and we saw incredibles 2 which is just another good good uh ip for toys and stuff like that so um it's definitely bigger than the box office for this movie but it's uh it's a it's just like this movie is just going to do really well for them and it's 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 pretty inevitable honestly yeah and Another thing that I really enjoy about the Toy Story franchise is just how it's the franchise itself has kind of grown and expanded. I mean, and improved on itself and not just, you know, in terms of uh, the animation, because obviously, you know, the first animated movie ever made is is going to look pretty rough compared to, you know, something coming out almost 20 years or over 20 years later. Um, But like, you know, the first two Toy Stories are pretty much just these nice little adventure films. And yeah, there's like a little lesson in them but then like toy story 3 and toy story 4 really kind of dive deep with woody as a character and and really just like get adult and i I just i appreciate that pixar makes that leap um you know with most things they do but also that we were able to see this franchise mature with its audience and kind of beyond that yeah it's that thing with pixar where it's it's perfectly accessible for kids they can laugh at all the pretty colors and the goofy characters and there's us like i guess we're adults <laughs> where we where we see like the underlying themes of it all and we're crying at inside out when they're literally destroying a kid's childhood and those memories and or we're crying at like the the death and like the life of this old guy and up and, and they they really straddle that line really well which is why they're the they're the best they're the best animation house 
by far. I don't really know what else you would put in their conversation. I guess just Disney proper with the movies they make. Um, so it's yeah, Pixar is great, and this is just another like notch in the belt for them. This just this is a it's a really really good good job, well done, and I I have nothing bad to say about Toy Story four. <laughs> I really love this movie. Yeah, this is also the first one without um, John Lasseter is the director, mm-hmm. and I believe he had done a lot of the preliminary work um, just before his outing from Pixar. But it is you know that that was also a point of contention with it was whether or not the franchise could stand without you know the guy that had been running the show since day one and i think they managed really well i I don't really know if there was any shakeup with him leaving in terms of you know what the movie was versus what it actually turned out to be Um, but i think losing the uh captain per se they they did really well with this yeah, they it's they, I totally agree there. They brought in uh, Josh Cooley to direct this one, and he's been uh, the Pixar mainstay for a while, and he's worked on tons of their movies, either um, either as a, as a writer or just a, a producer, or just he's been involved in a lot of these projects. So I can't imagine there was a ton of uh, turnover there in terms of we have to write the sh- write the ship like or else everything's gonna crash and burn. Uh, Pixar. I mean, it's been documented how great it is to work there and just everyone just really loves just handling all these animated movies and they really will go back and turn over scripts until they're good and then until they feel like they can go go to work on the animation because they really want to deliver a good product. Uh, so it's, it, uh, I would fully expect, I mean, yeah, the John Lasseter stuff is tricky because there's a lot of stuff going on there and I, but I, they definitely set themselves up for success because they just have a really sturdy studio and they have a lot of great people working there yeah I, i'd agree so um that kind of wraps up toy story for now we'll move on to another movie about toys um, child's play opening up at 14 million domestically um it's not about an estimated 10 million dollar budget um so it's pretty solid um i don't believe it's opened overseas yet at least I can't find any information on that. Um, but it's, you know, this movie just kind of appeared. Um, <laughs> like, it, 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 like you see, and, and you've talked about it before, the influence of it, uh, you know, two years ago, and you have these waves of, of, you know, classic horror reboots come along. You had Halloween last year. Um, you have Child's Play now. Halloween 2 is already in the works. Um, I believe there's another Texas Chainsaw coming up. Um, and we're starting to see that kind of come in heavily and you really see the influence of it in this movie. Um, but yeah, I, this movie is, is probably the okayest movie I've ever seen. Um, you know, I've seen the original child's play before. Can't really claim to be just a huge fanatic over it. Um, but I liked the, this reboot did something different with it. You know, it wasn't stuck to the script. They, yeah, they, of course, they updated Chucky to be basically an app, but they also started to take the story in different directions. I don't think they really followed through on it, but I, I like some of what I'm seeing and I'm okay with everything else that was there. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And to add on to that list of movies you mentioned earlier, I'm pretty sure that there's a another jason movie in the works with uh that's gonna be produced by uh, lebron james's production house uh spring hill Productions. so uh that's that's something i don't know if it's good or bad but it's it's something uh but yeah child's play 2019 is kind of odd 
because uh, the the original series is still working. Like it's it's still there's going to be a TV show on Sci-Fi coming out next year that is in, is in the original lineage, and it's kind of a weird rights issue where uh, Universal is producing all of the uh, Universal Home Video is producing all of like the new works and all of, like the Bride of Chucky and the Seeds of Chucky, but MGM still own like still owns the rights to the original Child's Play, so they can kind of work off of that as they please, and that's why we have Child's Play, and we have this Child's Play, and then we have the other Chucky universe still going. So it's kind of it's kind of weird, and we uh, we saw like um, I'm sure there's a bunch of I mean, we've have we have some on the staff or, or a bunch of Chucky fans who just shunned this movie and they just didn't want to see it because they thought that was stupid and. Don Mancini, the creative mind on the original Child's Play, wasn't wasn't really involved, so that was kind of tough. But yeah, this movie is like you said, it's fine, it's perfectly fine, and I don't know if that's going to be incredibly bad because all the hardcore Chucky fans are just going to hate it because it's kind of boring, or if that is like surprising because these trailers, the trailer for this movie looked awful, looked awful to me. It just did not. Oh yeah, get, it, did, it, it did not get me at all. So. I wonder if there's even something like, oh, it's not as bad as you think. And the reviews seem to kind of reflect that because they're kind of middling to positive in some sense. But uh, yeah, this movie's okay. It's totally fine. There's some fun little nods to older uh, horror movies like Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, There's a RoboCop reference in there and things like that. So they, they, they clearly love like the 80s like slasher horror vibes but um Aubrey Plaza's fun and there she has a kind of a I think she has the good idea of what kind of movie she's in with the kind of just winking satire that she all of her lines of dialogue are are with but uh yeah this movie is just totally fine uh <laughs> it's not and, and the core audience isn't really for it so I'm not really sure how the legs are going to do on this movie moving forward but uh it's it's 14 million so in its budget was only 10 and I can imagine probably eight of that ten was going went towards paying Mark Hamill and Harry Plaza. <laughs> so, uh, so I see yeah, this. It's this movie exists. Like I say with most things, it's 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 here. Um, I don't really know if anyone really wanted it. So it's it's it is a weird little quirk as far as rights issues goes. Yeah, it's it's like they updated the story in somewhat good ways but also in some ways that didn't really make a lot of sense so like the original chucky um is like the criminal that dies and his soul basically jumps into the doll um and in this one a factory worker gets yelled at for being lazy and then decides to program a doll to murder people um <laughs> so i feel like those are both pretty equally nonsensical <laughs> um they added uh you know they they kind of made Chucky uh, Andy's wish fulfillment for a while in this one, which was something that in the original movie, at least as far as I remember, it's just kind of Chucky decides to start murdering people around Andy. Whereas this one, it's more like he's kind of the, he's kind of Ch- uh, Andy's genie pretty much, except instead of wishes, he just <laughs> stabs people. Um, <laughs> and they like start to head down that path. And then in the third act, they're like, remember that, uh, that it movie where the, all the kids band together and fought the villain and they just kind of drop everything and, and rush into that. Um, so I liked some of the seeds it planted. I don't think it necessarily reaped on them very well. Or like, um, 
you know, the kid is hearing impaired and that never comes into the plot at all. Like there's, there's actually a scene where his uh, hearing aid falls out and he can still hear pretty much perfectly fine. Um, so I, I don't really know what the point of that was for them to spend, you know, a couple minutes on it. But yeah, there are just a lot of those tiny nuisances in this movie for me. But overall, I think it delivers on a doll that kills people. So yeah, I agree from there. And it's, yeah, it's, it never really goes full into one direction. I mean, you can kind of feel with that, the beginning of the open of the movie with the worker in Vietnam and just straight up kills himself. <laughs> so it's just, and there's definitely like some mean spirited satire going on here, but it never really fully goes headfirst into that. So it's just kind of there. It feels kind of limp. Um, there's one incredible sequence where they have to m- mess with a, a, a face that's on a watermelon. They have to get rid of that, which <laughs> is un- which was just unbelievable. <laughs> it's just so schlocky, and that was I really appreciated that. That's where like I thought the the mean spirited uh, fun really came out. Yeah. But it just it is this movie is pretty much a mixed bag. It, there's Chucky kills things, and Mark Hamill is kind of fun. Uh, it's definitely different from the the Brad Dorf uh, Chucky, which I'm not the biggest Chucky person either. I like you. I've seen the original Child's Play, and I've probably just seen clips of the other movies. And um, this movie, yeah, it's definitely not like the remake or like a reboot in like the classic sense, where it's like or like Aladdin, which we'll talk about in a second, where it's just like the same thing over again. It def- it's it's trying to do something different. It's just it's just fine. Um, and maybe that's all people really wanted because they were just afraid that this movie would kind of destroy the other Child's Play movies or Chucky universe. So, um, yeah, it's it's totally fine. It's doing okay at the box office. So um, I'm sure we'll forget about it soon, soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I also really enjoyed uh, Brian Tyree Henry's uh, minor role in the movie. Uh, he's, uh, he he's just really adds good. a lot of humor. <laughs> and, and I don't think I've ever really seen him in that humorous slant uh, just so it was it was nice to see him kind of be this just funny cop and then he's you know the action uh lead when he needs to be at certain points in the movie so yeah i think him and aubrey plaza totally know what movies they were in and so kudos to them because they they both i mean aubrey plaza has like that that wicked sense to her which i thought was really fun to cast her in this kind of movie but yeah it just doesn't quite do it for you um it's just kind of there and then so uh, i don't know i i can't imagine this movie does well in future weeks i if i would guess i would say this movie drops over 60 percent next week that's my that's my guess yeah it's got a lot of competition coming up because it's got annabelle comes home next week and then it's either the week after that or the week after that that um midsummer comes out so i I don't think it's going to last very long. Yeah, it's a weird... This is a weird little scheduling quirk where we have three doll-centric movies coming out in less than a week. Because <laughs> we have Toy Story 4 and then Child's Play, which... And then we have also, have, as you mentioned, we have Annabelle Comes Home. So I wonder I wonder if both Child's Play and Annabelle thought they'd be kind of... They'd, it would be fun if they went up close to Toy Story as counter-programming. Uh, thought they'd, they were being cute. But then I wonder if they both cannibalized each other because it's like oh okay we have two murderous doll movies so uh they're like coming out within days of each other because annabelle opens like in the middle of this week with the holidays coming up so uh 
it's just it's it's weird, isn't it? It's kind of funny when Hollywood is all thinking the same thing, and these kind of yeah. things kind of happen. It's like when you see like two like White House down and the Olympus has fallen or whatever. You see those or the two volcano movies or something like that. It's just it's just kind of funny when these things come around. Yeah, you you normally have like one a year or two, so it's it's nice to get ours out of the way early summer. <laughs> Let's get rid of this now, so we can just talk about other things, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting to note also that Child's Play didn't have just a massive opening. I think part of that is the fact that it hasn't. I don't think it's opened up at all overseas yet, um, but it only opened in about three thousand theaters, which most big movies um, have been have opened in around four thousand. Um, so it's just it it does have a little bit of a smaller audience, but even then, I I just don't see it being super successful in the weeks to come. Yeah, I agree. I think it's if you wanted if you were a huge Chucky fan, you either begrudgingly went to go see this movie or you were just excited for more Chucky, so you went and go see it. And so, um, and horror movies drop pretty significantly anyway. Uh, they always have either 50 to 60 percent drops so uh yeah it's it's one of the it's a it's a cult it's a cold icon in chucky and uh people that probably brought a lot of curiosity to theaters people seeing it this week um so yeah yeah it's i just this movie's probably gonna fall off pretty quickly if it can if it can get to like 30 million um and, and it's domestic gross i'm sure the producers of this movie would be pretty happy um, I just it probably just won't get there. This will probably end up being like a twenty five, twenty five million dollar gross, something like that, over its run. That's that's probably what I would say. I think it'll be a pretty good streaming movie, um, especially since reactions haven't you know they haven't been great, but they haven't been terrible either. And you know, uh, Netflix is just full of horror movies, uh, so I I wouldn't be surprised to see this have some success either there or on Hulu or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I I could definitely see it. There's like some intrigue. I mean, it's Chucky. Like whether or not you're a big horror person, like you, it's weird thing. Like everyone kind of knows what Chucky is. Like the murderous doll. It's it's so weird that everyone knows it. So uh, I'm sure. Yeah, this movie will. I'm sure will be pop and make a little tidy little sum of money. Nothing nothing too spectacular, but it'll it'll make stuff back. Yep. So moving on to a movie that has continued to have just these pretty minuscule drops compared to everything else um you've got aladdin in its fifth week with a little over 12 million it's only about a 29.5 percent drop which for this late in the game and as consistently as this movie has only been dropping by about 30 percent um aladdin is still one of the biggest successes of the year yeah it's doing a lot better than i expected it to do uh when it, even when it opened out i can't remember things like 84 million it opened at and then it was like a little over 100 uh over memorial day weekend i expected it to kind of kind of edge out to like 600 million somewhere in that range but it's it's doing really really well for disney and i it's i mean it's really it overcame a lot of bad press because everyone hated those trailers everyone was making fun of will smith Everyone asked, why is Guy Ritchie directing this movie after doing King Arthur Legend of the Sword? <laughs> and, uh, so they had a lot going against it, but it's, it's the Disney brand, the Aladdin brand really kind of powered through. So people people like Aladdin. And it's the, if you like Aladdin, that's what you're getting here. It's because it's, it's like the same thing with one weird tacked on song in there. So uh, yeah, it's doing great. And I wonder if it's going to, it's definitely going to stay in theaters in some capacity until Lion King comes out and i wonder if disney is gonna do sort of a 
sort of like a semi push for it because they like to they like to do these double features or like it, it seems like Aladdin is going to get close to 900 million worldwide so they might want to bump it over that big round number so they can have a fun little news newspaper clipping to show to shareholders um, which, which they do pretty routinely so yeah this movie is going to be a, a, around for at least another month so uh, it's definitely something to monitor yeah, I'm surprised it didn't take a bigger drop just because it is facing another Disney movie this week. And yeah, Toy Story is Pixar, but and they're all the same thing now. Um, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the, the fact that it still held on pretty well in spite of you know Toy Story opening up to 118 million is just a credit to how much people have really enjoyed this movie and kind of engaged with it. Yeah, it's one of the rare um, movies that's kind of banked on IP doing really well this summer because we've... I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but Man in Black International or Secret Life of Pets 2 or Dark Phoenix, like all these IP-driven movies, or even Godzilla, just for that matter. Just, they've all not, like, really, have really sunk fast. So this is the one that's done really, really well so far. And I guess Toy Story 4, if we want to add that in there. But yeah, it's, it's doing well. There's nothing really to complain about here it's from a financial perspective. Yep. So moving on to movies that you can complain more about, which you've got like <laughs> international at uh, 10.75 million. And yeah, this movie has dipped a lot. So it, it hasn't lost any theaters in terms of theater count, but it dropped 64.2%. And yeah, this movie has just sunk fast. The reactions to it have pretty much all been negative. I have yet to see anybody say anything really positive about this movie. And it is just the Men in Black franchise is out of steam and down for the count <laughs> at this point. Yeah, it's really funny because I did a I did a bit of catch up this week and saw some movies from previous weeks that I didn't get a check, chance to check out. And I was between seeing Men in Black and a couple other movies, and I mean, I just had seen all the kind of middling to negative press on it, and then. I was like, ah, I, this this can wait. <laughs> like, it's the total, like, whatever. Like, people, it didn't really excite people at all. And the reviews came out, and no one really seems to like it. I mean, no one really seems to, like, despise it. But it's just one of those things that's just kind of there. Kind of kind of like Child's Play. It, it, it exists. Like, every, like, like 80% of movies. <laughs> They're just kind of there, and then we forget about them, and they go away. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it dropped 64%. It's only made... A little over 50 million domestically and the foreign markets are really kind of saving this movie it's made 129 million in for, and all over the world so that's it's right at 182 worldwide ish and so production budget of 110 uh it's uh, i mean it's gonna have a lot to do to actually get a profit going but uh it's it's uh it's it's a tough one sorry and chris hemsworth and tessa thompson you hate to see it but uh yeah, it's just it's not striking a chord like at all. Yeah, and I've seen and they kind of similar to how uh, Dark Phoenix went. There have been reports of issues popping up with this one, so there were disagreements between you know what the movie should be thematically and story wise between uh, F. Gary Gray and then the producers um, Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson ended up having to hire their own dialogue writers because when they got to the shooting script. It was just torn apart in a complete mess. Um, so yeah, there have been a plethora of behind-the-scenes issues that have just kind of ultimately resulted in this movie that, like you said, kind of like Child's Play, it exists, it's here. 
it's kind of too late to do anything about it now. Yeah, it's another another misfire from Sony, and um, it's it's tough for them. I mean, ever since the, the leaks a few years ago, they've just been kind of squandering a little bit. I mean, they've had their successes. Like Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle was a crazy sensation up against the Last Jedi in in 2017. Uh, Venom is was shockingly like financially successful in a crazy way even though it was one of the most bizarre movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so they've, it's, they've, they always have, they have like these movies that you always hear there's strife behind the cameras where there's producers coming in. And uh, other than like uh, into the spider verse, like it's hard to really remember uh, a Sony flick that had like no issues or, or was like universally, universally acclaimed because even Jumanji, people were thought it was they could take it or leave it in some instance. But um, yeah, it's they've they have really struggled, and it's it's tough it's tough to watch sometimes because they just keep getting beaten down. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've got you know Spider Man coming out in two weeks, and then they have the uh, Jumanji sequel releases in December as well. So they've got some steam uh, to catch up on at the end of the year, but. Yeah, this has just been kind of a dismal entry for them. And this is, I guess, one of their mainstays. Um, Sony doesn't have just a ton of huge bankable franchises left. Unless they uh, dip back into Stuart Little, but um, I'm really not seeing that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like this is the same company that made the Emoji movie like a couple years ago. Like they're like they're struggling to think of IP and have, get like a gotcha premise to their movies. And it's... It's tough. I mean, it's it's an arms race right now in Hollywood, and if you don't have the correct IPs, you have to get really, really inventive, and that leads to some interesting work, like like Paramount with A Quiet Place is a really inventive, fun movie, and then then you have the Emoji movie or Men of Black International, or it's just we're trying whatever we can, and it's just clearly not working. Uh, so yeah, it's really really tough. Uh, sorry, sorry, Sony, <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah. So we'll kind of move on and round out the top five with another movie that's underperforming, and that's A Secret Life of Pets 2. At just a little over $10.2 this week, it had a 57.8% dip. So this movie has seen uh, pretty large dips as well, and just a pretty dismal opening compared to the original movie. And I think, you know, especially now that Toy Story is here, this movie doesn't have much longer to live. Yeah, it's kind of a disaster, isn't it? I mean, it's not even made yep. 200, 200 million worldwide. It's at, sitting at one ninety four and a half ish, uh, which is the first movie made over eight hundred million. So it's just like a catastrophic drop, no matter what you look, at, no matter how you look at it. Uh, it's, it's it's tough. I mean, it's I mean, it's clearly doing fine. Like eighty million dollar budget, almost two hundred million. Um, that that margin's fine. Uh, I'm sure they're making some money off of merchandise merchandising it and whatnot but uh yeah as we've said in previous weeks this is just really really bad and kind of just this movie and dark phoenix both opened the same weekend and just and it crashed quicker than the hindenburg you know it's just it's it's really hard to look at these numbers and um but yeah it's uh it's tough uh you hate, once again you hate to see it secret life of pets too <laughs> yeah so <laughs> That kind of rounds out the top five. And this week we also had one other opening that was Anna that <laughs> opened to about 3.5 million. 
Um, it's pretty, ooh, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> opened <laughs> lower than Shaft in its second week. So Shaft edged it out of the top 10. Uh, if you're opening at number 11, you're not going to be a success. That's just kind of how it works. Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot of estimates on the budget for this thing. I haven't heard any positive reactions to it yet. Uh, I, I, I don't expect this movie to be much of anything. Oh, yeah, no, this movie's going to leave theaters in like two weeks. It's <laughs> it's tough. I actually went and saw it. Um, I, I saw it as a – I looked through – I scoured the internet to see what this production budget was, and I'm I'm looking at thirty million ish. Um, so you opened at three point five, so uh, you got you got some work to do there, uh, Anna. Uh, it's 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 like the same, it's the same smoky, uh, like femme fatale Russian spy, really attractive lead kind of movie, like Red Sparrow or Top Blonde or just like any of the just like there's just so many like European like spy movies <laughs> like this, this movie does nothing to stand out and it's kind of interesting because this movie was actually delayed for a really long time because uh well for one red sparrow came out in 2017 and actually anna had just finished production um right before that movie or like three months before that movie came out so it they kind of they kind of wanted to give it some space between that movie and when it came out now and then you also had the me too controversy controversy with director Luke Besson. Um, so you can, you can look that up in your own volition. It's just, it's tricky with him. Uh, they, and that kind of delayed this movie's release even more. And uh, it's actually, you see that in the trailer for this movie, it says from the director of the professional and Lucy, like they kind of keep his name out of the situation here. So uh, yeah, he, he likes to make these movies about women in the lead role. And I mean, I, I guess it's good. I mean, uh, on its on the surface, but it's just kind of the same thing every time. Um, the lead girl in this movie, Sasha Luss, was actually uh, she's actually a Russian model, which kind of plays into the movie itself. But uh, she's not the best actress. Um, <laughs> she tries. Uh, she's not. She's just kind of very bland. It's just it's the it's kind of the choice that you would see a lot of kind of lackluster um, actors make, where they kind of stay reserved to avoid kind of getting exposed in their limited skills, but it really doesn't come off as much. She's very wooden. Um, this movie is just incredibly bland and it's, it's a variation of so many movies you've seen before. And I guess the one thing about it is Helen Mirren's really fun in it. Uh, she's really hamming it up as one of the, one of the leads of the KGB. Uh, she knows what movie she's in and the rest of it is just kind of depressing. And then then Killian Murphy shows up and then Luke Evans is also there. And uh, yeah, this movie is just not great. It was, it was probably doomed to fail just with all its issues and production and <laughs> director doing whatever he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation for Lions gate on this one. Um, so yeah, sorry, Anna. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, this is kind of the end of the movie for <laughs> or end of the line for Anna um yeah so we'll yeah, move on yeah it's it's tough this movie's gonna be out of basically all its theaters next week because it's just not gonna i mean it made a hundred made one one thousand six hundred and seventy two dollars per screen which is atrocious <laughs> um so yeah this movie's leaving very quickly and you'll forget about it even before you knew it existed yep and so kind of segueing into next week we have um, not 
just a whole lot of major day or major releases. We have the Avengers Endgame re-release with the additional footage uh, tacked onto the end. It's decently close to passing Avatar right now. It's at about 2.749 billion worldwide. It needs to gross just a little over or a little, I think about 35 to 40 million more. I don't necessarily know if a re-release with a post-credit scene is going to do that, but I mean, I'm one of the chumps that'll go and see the uh, additional seven minutes anyways. So we've got that coming up. We've also got yesterday, the movie about the world that doesn't know the Beatles and Annabelle comes home. And that's where I think we'll see a lot of competition with uh, child's play and Annabelle comes home. I, I don't really, I think Annabelle's going to come out on top, but I don't really know how much child's play is actually going to impact that movie's release. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. It's just, there's so many damn toy movies out. <laughs> it's just such a weird, it's so weird. Um, and I'm, I actually am really interested to see what happens with Endgame. That is a, I mean, yeah, it's a couple, like what, a couple of scenes at the end and credit scene stuff. They can't really add more stuff in there and kind of ruin all of the, not ruin, but kind of change the, the canon of the MCU, if you will. Uh, but uh, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder how well it'll do. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine it'll, go crazy but i can imagine avengers endgame picking up a couple like an extra 10 million next week maybe something like that who knows um disney's certainly gonna make it certainly gonna try to make that happen you know it's they're <laughs> they want that record and they're gonna kind of do it in any way possible um we saw them last year just like throw ralph breaks the internet back into theaters so it passed 100 million dollars at the domestic box office so they'll, they'll try anything to break records um but yeah it's uh the guy Annabelle, another another Conjuring universe movie. I'm I'm kind of done with those, <laughs> with uh, sure. after the Curse of La Llorona and all this. So it's this is. I mean, if you're if you're on a budget, I would say next week is the one to skip out on theaters and hang out with people and, and go outside, because <laughs> then the week <laughs> after that we have Midsummer and uh, Spider Man Far From Home. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. There's always that lull right at the end of June in the summer summer movie schedule it's kind of a curious thing um, i guess it's right before the holiday so a lot of a lot of big big time uh movies stay out right until around there or they play it differently so it's it's interesting but yeah it's next week is kind of iffy um what what are you thinking about yesterday because that movie's actually it seems like it has some buzz around it i'm excited for it i've heard mixed reactions to it um, nothing that's overwhelmingly negative, but I've heard a lot of like, yeah, this was really entertaining and really charming and heartfelt. And then others was like, yeah, this is an interesting premise, but it doesn't really live up to it. Um, I'm hoping it does. I am going to go see it no matter what. <laughs> My mind's already made up to enjoy it. So, you know, I'll be there Thursday night. But yeah, I, I really hope it does well. I don't know if it'll necessarily perform very well. Just because it is kind of an odd premise and, you know, I don't, it, it hasn't been just marketed a ton. Uh, other than Lily James, it doesn't really carry any huge recognizable stars in it. Um, so th this could be something that's kind of a runaway hit. It could be something that's just, you know, your typical indie movie. It's it's so interesting. I'm fascinated by Danny Boyle as a director because he just doesn't really have a genre. Like he's he made this movie. And then he made Slumdog Millionaire. He made Train Spotting. 
uh, 28 days later or 127 hours like the list like he just makes all different kinds of movies and he's making bond 25 which comes out next year like it's it's really really interesting to kind of see what interests him it kind of just seems like it's like a spur of the moment type thing he, he reads a script on the right day and he's like oh that sounds interesting i'll give that a, i'll give that a try um so it's 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 really interesting to kind of see where where his career goes and um Apparently, I'm really excited because you said this movie doesn't have a lot of big names in it per se. And the the lead role, I think his name is Himesh Patel, um, is actually this is he has an introducing credit, so like this is his first movie pretty much. So I'm really kind of interested to see how he performs. And it seems like the movie's entirely on his shoulders. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see because it'll be interesting to see how much people like the like the Beatles still, or how relevant this they still are to to the young folk. Uh, you know, so um, we'll see. I think it's definitely one of those odd oddities that you're right. It could either break out and do crazy good numbers, or just kind of kind of disappear rather quickly. Um, I don't really see a middle ground for in for this movie, so uh, we'll see. It's definitely really something interesting to track for next week. Yeah, and I, I think it's definitely one to watch. Um, as far as performance wise. I know I'll be there to go see it as far as, you know, the quality of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a moderately sleepy weekend next week. I think Toy Story has a very good chance of taking the top spot again. Um, I think Child's Play will drop off quite a bit, if not completely out of the top five. And yeah, I just, I, I don't really see a ton of success for yesterday in terms of, you know, I, I'm sure if you Trying to return on investment, money put into the movie, yeah. But in terms of you know stacking up to Toy Story and Endgame, I I don't see it doing anywhere near that. Um, it'll be interesting to watch Endgame's performance. So Captain Marvel got a about a twelve percent bump the week before Endgame, and that was without any kind of re-release or anything like that. Endgame of the week before Spider-Man will probably have a natural bump of its own. But with the re-release, it'll be put back in more theaters. I think it'll get a consistent, probably, you know, 10, 15 million bump in there. That is an interesting point because, yeah, all these movies now, I mean, at first when we when we first thought it, we saw all these MCU movies getting released like a few months apart, we thought, oh, like Disney is kind of cannibalizing their own legs to all these movies. But we've really seen over the past few ones that's that it's like the opposite is actually the case where – they kind of roll, they just roll in from one MCU movie to the next and it never leaves the public consciousness and the movies always get that nice little bump at right at the end and makes their numbers look even better than they already are. It's just, they they really, just Marvel and Disney, they really have this figured out now where it's, it's, such, it's such a well-oiled machine where they have all the marketing and all the teasers and everything figured out and release their one to two trailers movie's good to go and it'll make a million a billion dollars and then <laughs> then the next movie happens it's 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 like clockwork at this point it's really really good business yeah <laughs> it's it's easy it's just easy money at this point just they're printing it out <laughs> yeah so that kind of sums up everything for this week as well as some predictions for the box office next week and again you've got um you've got the Avengers re-release coming out. You've got yesterday, and then you've got Annabelle comes home. So it probably won't be a very exciting weekend at the box office, but it'll be a pretty narrow margins between uh, the new releases. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Again, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. And join us next week as we talk about the re-release of Avengers Endgame, the opening of Annabelle Comes Home, and Yesterday. Yesterday.